0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, back to the post-game broadcast. I'm David Woods from Burnerport Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I am coming to you after UCLA uh, wrapped up its first ever FCS game, uh, beating Alabama State 45-7. Uh, as we talked about pre-game, uh, the result was never in doubt. We were more looking for kind of evaluation type um, things, and I would say uh, mixed bag. Um, result obviously good. I mean, you, you, they beat them by 38. I mean it's not It's again, pretty close to what I thought they should do, which was I think I predicted 49 to six. Um, they they were uh, UCLA behaved uh, respectfully in the second half what i was concerned about and this maybe we'll just get into this right now was that the first half did not evoke dominance to me um it did not scream dominance to me and that's um it, it's tough to gauge I'll, I'll i'll grant you that um because the competition uh the the talent is so there's just such a a difference in the talent level and such a difference in how you're going to scheme against a team. That's an FCS level opponent. You're probably not going into your bag of tricks. You're probably not doing a whole lot. So there's, there's difficult, you know, there it's, there, there's a, there's a difficult element to the evaluation process where you can't just say, Oh, they didn't gain that many yards. God, they must've sucked. It's not like that. But, um, there were a few things that just kind of highlighted for me some of the concerns, um, one of them was that that sequence where they had the ball within the five, and they had a couple of shots from the goal line, more or less, to just punch it in. So that's just one where your offensive line, just you got to be able to dominate that FCS defensive line, and they were able to, they were able to stop them. I mean, uh, Alabama State was able to stop UCLA on the goal line. Um, that's a concern. Um, if you can't man up and just uh, beat up on, essentially, these Alabama State linemen, then that's a worry um, for games ahead, which aren't going to come against FCS-level uh, defensive linemen. Um, so th- there's that stuff. Um, you know, Alabama State, they they gained 310 total yards in this game. Some of it was obviously in junk time, but a lot of it wasn't. Um, I would say the combo early on of the pass rush and the pass defense just not kind of um putting it together against crawley uh, early you know he looked he he looked like he came to play and so i don't want to take all credit away from the S, uh, the fcs team i think crawley um he looked geared up to play in the rose bowl and uh put on a show and i thought he did a bunch of credit to him um But there were big gaps in the coverage. Um, There wasn't consistent pressure until Leatu Latu pretty much pinned his ears back and said, "Okay, I'm getting them every time. Um, But like that first quarter, first quarter and a half, it wasn't consistent. And that's, again, we're not looking for UCLA to win this game. That's a foregone conclusion. We're not looking for them to blow this team out. That also was a foregone conclusion. What we're looking for is dominance. Are they dominant? And not just in macro in that they're going to blow this team out. There's absolutely no question about it. But in these very specific areas, and very specifically, the line matchups, um, are they going to be dominant with their defensive line against that offensive front? And are they going to be dominant with their offensive line against their defensive front? I would say UCLA's defensive line bordered on dominance after a little while, particularly the pass rush. Um, When Latu really started getting going, it was really, really disruptive for Alabama State. Um, but bordered on, wasn't there, just kind of bordered on it. And I would say the offensive line really didn't get to that level. Um, you know, UCLA finished with, uh, 220 yards on 38 carries. Um, and that's pretty good, but the starter was Keegan Jones and Keegan Jones had 10 attempts for 33 yards. So before the game got kind of out of hand, uh, UCLA wasn't exactly running the ball really well. Um, so That's, uh, you know, and this is where we're basically assessing a practice, Um, and there's a lot that goes into it, and, you know, they're not doing a ton of creative stuff in the run game, granted, all that stuff's granted, but in this sort of game, you should just be able to man up on your dude, bowl him over, and get six, seven yards of pop, no matter what. Um, UCLA averaged a hair under six in this game, um, but when the game was still, you know, in those, uh, in the first half stage where we were really looking for this, it was... That dominance element, again, not necessarily their ability to beat this team, but that dominance element was a little bit missing. Um, Now, there were some mitigating factors. Uh, Dorian um, Thompson-Robinson, I'm going to guess that was extremely precautionary, um, pulling himself out of the game uh, after he um, got driven into the turf a little bit. Um, And then Zach Charbonnet uh, being unavailable for this one. I have no idea what happened to him this week in practice, but my guess would be if it was a real game, he probably would have played. Um, but those two guys uh not being available for three quarters, I mean that's a that's a factor. Um but uh all told, I think the concerns that we came out of bowling green with, I don't think were necessarily answered, you know, super positively in this one, nor would they have been. Like even if UCLA had expressed that dominance that we're just we're hammering here, it wouldn't have necessarily washed away the concerns. What it does, though, is it kind of okay. Cornerback play, secondary generally. All right, I think it's time to be concerned about that because um, it wasn't great against Bowling Green. It's just the quarterback was horrible, and then in this game with a quarterback who was displaying more competence than that guy last week, um, some obvious issues. So, you know, I, and I don't mean to be a downer because I mean it was a it's a forty five seven win. I mean, it, it, the the result was never in doubt. The result that, that it was going to be a blowout was never in doubt. Um, it's just, um, you know, when you're trying to project ahead from game two, um, which is what we do here at Bruin Report Online, it's hard to um, say, okay, we saw enough clear signs that this team's definitely going to go 9-3. and three. Um, I think the Pac-12 has shown itself to be a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger in different um, with different teams than we were necessarily expecting preseason. And that does change the complexion of the prediction, and I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, speaking of foregone conclusions, that UCLA is just going to waltz to 9-3. and three. That's what the picture was preseason, but Washington looks better than I expected. ASU looks better than I expected. Arizona looks better even than I expected, and I was pretty high on their ability to turn it around a little bit. Um, USC looks a little bit better than I expected. We'll see how the Stanford game goes, but as I'm recording, well, hey, Stanford just scored. Uh, it's 14 to seven, but their offense looks, uh, gangbusters. So my point is we're not taking anything really major away from these first three games. There's nothing to take away from it really, but we would have liked to have seen a little bit more dominance. Um, okay. The rest of it. Um, yeah, we saw a ton of running backs in this game. And my big takeaway was I really like TJ Harden. He runs hard. Um, he's got some explosion to him. Um, sort of confirmed what we saw in practice. Um, as you got further away from Harden, it was getting more and more even into the second string of Alabama State. So you got a bigger grains of salt as you go down. But Colson Yankov, I don't know if it plays against teams with better defenders, but that big body bouncing off tacklers was certainly intriguing. Um, Christian Grubb, um, that was you know in the end stages of the game, but he... He showed some stuff, scored a touchdown, great for him. And then Morell, um, on that last drive with uh, Chase Griffin also ran really hard and looked pretty good. So I think that's more of a reflection of what Alabama State's defense defense was. But um, I think if you were looking for positive signs, um, you know, the, the, TJ Harden, I would say was a was a was a legitimate one because that that coheres with what we've seen of him before in practice. Um, and then obviously it's just great for the other guys to have a good day being able to play I mean that's a good thing about a game like this and this is why I said pre-game on the Twitter space but just generally if you've got complaints with this schedule I think that's totally fine I don't really have a complaint with playing the FCS school my complaint is more why are Bowling Green and South Alabama ever on the schedule um but but the FCS school that one's fine I mean doing the HBCU thing that's so cool like the, the whole pageantry of it and then um having a sure win on the schedule I mean it's why the SEC schools all do it um is great and the cool part about it is you get to play a lot of dudes. Um there were a bunch of walk-ons playing in the defense um and it's just you know we get hyper critical on here and we're always you know talking about player this or coach that or all that kind of stuff but like some of these guys are like you know they're students who walked onto the team and now they're getting to play football um and they're getting to play in a real game in the Rose Bowl uh, in front of their families and that's You know, that's a neat thing to see. Um, And it was good to see, you know, all these running backs get time, but all the, like, random linebackers that you've, you know, you don't even know what their number is getting in there. And um, that was all very cool to see. Um, And then uh, in the receiving game, once again, really spread it around. I think one thing I will again highlight is Jake Bobo was targeted three total times and caught the ball all three times. Um, It's – it still very much, even in this game, even with the different quarterbacks, still seemed very inside receiver oriented. Um, Kaz Allen, uh, Hudson Habermill, um, got Carson Ryan, uh, who had another really nice game. They they were kind of getting the lion's share of the looks and the targets. Um, and then running backs, you know, Yankoff, um, Keegan Jones. Um, had, had quite a bit. So once again, not really seeing as much from the outside receivers. Um, hopefully that's something that gets worked in because I think it's, it would be a, um, not a waste of Bobo, but, um, an underutilization of his talent to not, um, work it to the outside a little bit more. And then um, defensively, uh, like I was saying, Latu was really, really impressive. Um, he had a couple of sacks, uh, but he was just really, really disruptive. Um, even on the sack that was credited to Gabriel Murphy, it was Latu who actually initially knocked the... Um, I think it was he knocked his, the guy who was blocking him into the quarterback, and then uh, Gabriel Murphy finished off the sack. Um, but he was probably my defensive player of the game. Uh, Kenny Churchwell before he got uh, ruled out with targeting. Once again, a lot of tone setting. Even the targeting was obviously tone setting. Um, but you know he's got to keep his helmet up. Um, yeah, there was a there was a, again a lot of guys played. I mean, if, if if you go and look at the box score, which I recommend you do, it's it's like uh, twenty five guys. I would say maybe more who recorded defensive statistics in this game, which is just I mean that's awesome. Um, you know it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a weird sport, um, and sometimes we get a little bit hung up on some of the stuff. But just seeing so many guys out there was cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> defensively, I think the takeaway is uh, secondary, is still a question mark. Um, and you know, there was a lot of off coverage in this. So again how much of it is the scheme, how much of it is they're not trying to throw a whole lot at this Alabama State team and how much of it is the concern that we've had, you know, for a while now, which is a lot of youth at corner. Um, perhaps some under talent at safety. What's that combination going to look like especially when there's not a lot of depth behind them. Um, and we didn't see we didn't see anything to answer in the positive in this game. Um, and we didn't see a whole lot last week. So, You know, we still have to wait for real competition, and I don't think it's coming until Washington. Colorado uh, is—I think Colorado is going to be the worst team that UCLA plays among the FBS opponents this year. I think they're going to be worse than Bowling Green and South Alabama. They're not going to be worse than Alabama State, though I'd I'd be interested to see what that matchup would look like on a neutral field. Um, Colorado's really bad, so I don't think we're going to know exactly what we're looking at with— some of these questions we have until Washington, um, which is probably going to be the first real opponent of the year. Um, so I, I, all told, I mean, it was, it was everything it needed to be. Um, it was a blowout win. They got their, their two and um, they needed the win to, you know, continue on this, uh, this merry path through this week, very weak non-conference schedule. Um, just, you know, still walking away with similar questions to what we had after Bowling Green. But we kind of knew we would be anyway, unless it was like a freaky dominance show. And even then, we probably would have still been like, well, we don't know for sure. So I don't even know how much you can take from it. Again, as I said going in, it's hard to know how to prepare, even as an analyst, for um, an FCS opponent, because the, the danger is gone. The foregone conclusion is there, and you're just kind of um, grasping at straws to figure out something to say. So anyway, that's my something to say. Hope you enjoyed this 14 minutes about a 45 to 7 blowout. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.